Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Summer fun equals sun. Tennis, boating, barbecue beach. Is your sunblock up to the challenge? Today's guest is a woman who looked at the sunblocks on the market with their long list of chemicals and thought, thanks, but no thanks. She set out to create something different, a line of mineral-based, eco-friendly sun and skincare products. Meet Valerie McMurray, the founder and CEO of Soleil Toujours. She's here to share how she launched and then grew her line of luxury sun care products after leaving a career in investment banking. Plus, we talk eco-friendly packaging, ocean-safe ingredients, and what it means to be an earth-friendly product. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you, Katie, for having me on the show. I'm so I feel like we're back in high school I'm chatting so- in the senior lounge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We are not putting our listeners through what we talked about in the senior lounge. <laughs> no, 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 that's, no. Yeah, that, that's, that's off really limits. Not. But exactly. uh, I'm so excited that you're with me today. I've been such a fan of you since we met in eighth grade. I'm so thrilled that you've launched this amazing company. And as you know, I am, you know, fair skinned, freckly. I require vats and vats of sunblock. So I use your products. I want to hear more about what sets them apart, what it means to be a mineral sunblock. But first, I want you to share with our listeners how you started your company because you were in investment banking and then you jumped into the sun care market. Walk us through it. Okay, it's not pretty, but um, <laughs> you know. So basically, my foray into its sun care was really totally random. Um, as you mentioned, I worked at an investment bank on the trading floor. I was actually um, on the foreign exchange trading floor. Um, so all of this started when I was on vacation with Scott, my husband. We went to this amazing resort in Caribbean, um, and when I was there, I wanted to buy a swim cover up. Um, and so I went to the hotel shop, and they had hideous, hideous uh, cover up. So I decided I would make my own. So Back in New York, you know, after work, I signed up for the sewing class at FIT just to know, like, the basics because I didn't know how to sew. Um, I found a factory in the garment district. I started making these cover-ups. And then I cold-called these, like, five-star resorts um, and started selling to them. So places like Sandy Lane, Parakeet, and then I had a couple stores in, like, Palm Beach and Nantucket. Um, and then I hired a designer, and we did a li- little line of swimwear for both women and men. Um, and then from there, I thought I wanted to build this lifestyle brand. So I thought sun care would be the next thing. Um, and so when I was doing my research for sunscreen, I was pregnant with my third child, Theo. Um, and I couldn't find a sunscreen that I felt like safe using you know, as a pregnant person or safe using on my kids. Or if there were mineral, more natural based sun care, sunscreens, um, they were nasty. They smelled terrible. They looked like you were covered in spackle. Um, so basically that's <laughs> not a good luck. That is not a good luck. No, no, no. For the kids, who cares? But for me, I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, so fast forward like 10 years, uh, Soleil was born. Um, and so basically this was my side hustle for a while, um, while I was working full time. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing that you were able to juggle both of those things, you know, and I, and I love that you shared that, your company really evolved. Like you started off with a vision of creating beautiful cover-ups and you then, you know, evolved the business into sun care products. So, you know, you obviously took your finance background and your MBA chops with you for the business end of things, but how did you learn to actually bring a product to market, you know, to create the sunblock, to test it, to package it? Um, so basically all trial and error and with that, I mean a ton, a ton, a ton of errors. Um, so I, I basically pounded the virtual pavement. So I searched for contract manufacturers who made sunscreen. 
And they're really few and far between because sunscreens are an FDA regulated over-the-counter drug. Okay. Uh, so there's a ton of regulation around um, the products, around testing, around production. So you have to have an FDA re uh, regulated lab. Um, but finding a good lab to work with is, is really like virtually impossible. I mean, after all these years, it's, it's incredible. Uh, none of them are amazing to work with. And even fewer of them make great products and especially mineral sunscreen. So it was really hard, you know, to find a, a partner, um, but I eventually did. Um, and the other thing is like brands never share who they work with, right? It's sort sure. of like their trade secret of who their labs are. And then labs also don't share who their clients are. So again, that makes it even harder. Um, so basically I just, I, you know, I searched for labs that had an expertise in SPF. Mm -hmm. um, and then I found companies that sold packaging components. Uh, I went to trade shows, you know, did a ton of Google searching. And, um, uh, you know, I came to this business knowing nothing, absolutely nothing. And the whole thing has been one giant learning curve. And how long did that take? I mean, how long did it take from oh. like when you said, hey, I want a mineral sunblock that smells amazing and, <laughs> and feels like luxurious to when you sold that first tube of sunscreen? What are we talking about? Months? Years? Uh, oh, God, no. Years. For sure. I mean, well, okay, so the, uh, I don't know if you want me to start with the gory details now, sure, but let's basically do it. it's, you know, we, um, I, I started off, it, it took, I'd say about a year to find the lab, to find, you know, um, the, the packaging, at least a year. Uh, and then I, at that point, I wasn't even attending uh, trade shows. And, and I was just basically looking online and just doing a ton of calling and, um, but, you know, our, this little venture has been basically fraught with, like, setbacks. So I'll start from, sure. yeah. actually, to make a long story short, I'll, I won't, I, I'll spare you the details. But um, so I initially launched um, the, this, the cover-up business uh, under the label Mare Soleil. Um, I registered the trademark for Mare Soleil for clothing. And then when I decided to make sunscreen, my lawyer who I'd been working with, my trademark lawyer, said, okay, you should have no problem using that mark for sun care. Um, so then I went ahead, I found this lab, we started producing, um, I did a really small line, five SKUs, so five products. Um, and I launched, I, you know, we built a website, which again, that at the time it wasn't like Shopify was not a thing. It wasn't like you could just do it yourself. So I had to hire, um, like a firm to build my website. Um, so literally I launched my website within, I want to say two weeks, I get a cease and desist from Estee Lauder. Wow. Um, saying that my mark, Mare Soleil, infringed on their mark, La Mer, uh, because basically I say Lauder owns the word La Mer, and basically in, in all languages. So Mare, see, you know, their brand La Mer. That's um, kind of a so, pretty big thing to own. They they own yeah, Mare in every own, language? They own it. Even though Mare Soleil was a, one word, it was Mare Soleil, it's, and it's Sea Sun, the fact that I had Mare in there meant that, you know, and I wasn't going to fight no, of course. It's like, you know, um, David and Goliath. This is not the right. right kind of thing to come out swinging. So right right out of the bat, like two weeks out right of the out gate, of the your trademark's you know, gone. What happened next? Yep. Tens of thousands of dollars I basically had to scrap um, and then start over. So then I spent the next year, year trying to find, I, I found a new lab because the products then were like really not great. So it was almost like a blessing in disguise. Like all of these horrible setbacks were like, if you look back, really kind of blessings in disguise. Um, so anyway, so about a year later, I launched, I found a new lab, and then I found a new name, and then I trademarked, marketing, trademarked the name before actually launching the product. Um, I launched under the label Soleil Organique. 
um, so things were going well. So I started selling and I think I was about two years into the business. Um, and then I got sued by the state of California for the name <laughs> organic. <laughs> I mean, why I'm still in this business today is beyond me. It's like, so. So this is step back number two. California yeah. comes swinging and says, yeah. why do they object yeah. to organic? Why? What because was their- they're saying organic was misleading. It did not. Uh, my products were not 70% organic, which is true. But I'm like, you know, organic is a fake word. It doesn't even mean it's it's meant to be sort of French, but it doesn't mean anything because that's not what organic and French means. And biologique is um, French. Uh, anyhow, so I, again, I lost that battle. Not really lost it. I just decided to... Again, changed the name because, you know, I, I could have sold anywhere in the world except for the state of California, but California being kind of large. Sure, it's the sunshine. Sunny. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is a big market. We People go to the yeah. beach in California. You want to be able to sell your products there. So how yeah. did you settle on Soleil Toujours then? So again, um, doing a lot of searching. And again, it's all like the marks or it's, you know, using um, our lawyers. I, I think I might have gone back and forth on so many different names. I love the word Soleil. And then Toujours came because it, it just means, you know, sun always. And and that made sense to me because basically my whole concept for this brand is that the sun is out every day, right? It's 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 an, 365 days of the year. It is um, a stressor on your skin, 300, whether it's sunny, whether it's rainy, cloudy, um, it's always there and it's always potentially dangerous. Uh, so uh, Soleil Tudor was the one that came up and made sense. And even though it's really long and my email's long, and most people totally butcher the name, um, it made sense. So that's, and it was trademarkable. I don't even know if that's the right term, but um, I was able to register the mark. So. Well, it's such a beautiful name. And so this is like pretty amazing. So you first ran into the stumbling block of, um, you know, the Estee Lauder coming, then California mm-hmm. came after you, and then you were able mm-hmm. to get a name that worked. And so this sounds like a lot of expensive, um, you know, problems. You're hiring lawyers, you're recreating packages. How did your early, oh, yeah. how did your early financing work? Was this self-funded? <laughs> you, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> It's like, you know, basically we on the verge of divorce. My husband's like, because you know, I at this point had quit my job because I was working. We had three little kids. I was working all night and spending all my money, then started spending all his money and um, getting nowhere. So did you, so, were you, were you, was this bootstrapped or did you have outside investors? 100%. Okay. It was just us. Oh yeah. Just us. And let me tell you how many conversations God has said. Are you ever going to make money? And I'm like, yes, I, I promise. Some oh my gosh. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to hear if this product ever did make money. We'll be back in just a minute. Menopause is inevitable, but the symptoms that accompany it don't have to be, thanks to brands like Kendra. Kendra is menopause relief made by women for women. As someone who is actively looking to support female-founded businesses, both large and small, I feel good about choosing Kendra for my menopause challenges. All June, A Certain Age is talking to women building companies that serve women and consumers focused on wellness and active aging. Kindra does all three. Kindra also offers products that can support your self-care routine. I've made their science-backed supplements part of my day, including the Energy and Core supplements. And since midlife sleep disruptions are no joke, I end every day with a sleep-enhancing supplement. 
Kindra has a great offer for a certain age listeners. Any first-time purchasers or subscribers get 20% off anything. Use code KD20 at checkout. That's K-A-T-I-E-2-0. Head to OurKindra.com for menopause essentials that work. Okay, so Val, we're back. We are back. Okay. We, we've we've hit. We've gone through the speed bumps. You know, Scott, okay. your husband, has said to you, "Is this product going to make money?" You know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you have multiple products now. I know that you're in resorts all over the world. You get a lot of amazing press. I open Vogue. I open Harper's Bazaar. I open you know uh, any any magazine you can name, and you're in it. So so tell us when the product did start to take hold, and and you started seeing it out in the wild. You know, in resorts and in stores. Um, well, I have to say, pretty early on, um, we started getting press. So I hired PR, I think, like, in the very beginning, in terms of marketing, the only marketing we had was PR. Um, and then even for a period, we didn't have PR. And it was really organic, the way um, people found out about it. Because I think my strategy in the, initially was to sell to these high-end resorts. You know, we only sell to, like, five-star properties. Um, uh, we sell to... You know, Net-a-Porte, Space and K, these amazing sort of niche retailers, and that was really my kind of word of mouth. It was sort of building um, like a brand that was sort of like not really a secret, but um, you know, we didn't spend any money on marketing. We did no advertising. We did no digital advertising at the time. Um, so people, editors came to us after we initially had PR, but people kept coming to us because they started seeing us at like Four Seasons and Ritz Carlton's and, you know, Amon's and stuff like that. So, um, so I guess my initial strategy was really just to sort of create um, a brand organically. And, um, and then only last year, well, actually, towards the end of 2019, did we start investing in, in um, like digital advertising. Gotcha. Because you really were like a cult favorite. I mean, it was always on the sort of editor's list. You would see this in you know, the magazines where people would say, you know, the editors would sh- share what they were putting into their sun bag and, and their beach bag. And your sunscreen was in it because it smells amazing and the packaging is gorgeous. Um, and so it really was a cult favorite. So did digital advertising help broaden your um, audience and did it help broaden sales? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say in the beginning, I'd say 2019, we were 90, I think 96, I just did the math, 96% of our sales uh, were to wholesalers. So, you know, resorts, spas, um, retailers, brick and mortar, blue mercuries, et cetera. Um, and then towards the end of 2019, luckily, this is before the world blew up, um, you know, we decided we really need to, I need to, you know, I needed to, um, increase my direct consumer sales, my online sales. Um, and, you know, the, the way to do that was like through digital marketing. So advertising on Instagram and advertising on Facebook, on Google, um, doing email marketing. And now we're doing like text messaging. And um, so luckily before the pandemic hit, you know, we started to increase our uh, direct consumer sales. Uh, and thankfully, because, you know, all of our resorts and, you know, 134 Blue Mercury stores that we were in all shut down. Um, so, you know, my, my goal still is today is to increase our direct to consumer sales, um, to over 50% at this point. And we're probably now at around like 35, 36%. 
That's fantastic. I know I'm so happy to hear that your direct to consumer base was growing because it must have been terrible during COVID as your, you know, traditional retailers started closing down. Um, mm-hmm. How did you navigate COVID? Did you did you have to wind up laying off any employees? Did it you know, did you um, cease production or you know scale it back? Well, luckily, so you know, with 2000, 2019, we had we hired. Um, uh, a marketing firm to help us rebrand because I just wanted a refresh of the product. I just, um, I thought I needed just a little bit more, more solid branding. Um, so we hired a firm, um, and we were supposed to launch in 2019. Um, but at the same time, I was also thinking, you know, I needed to start raising funds because like Scott was ready to kick me out of the house. Um, (laughs) and so everyone, everyone uh, listening should know that Valerie's got a very lovely husband, Scott, even (laughs) He's put up. He's put up with a lot. He's, that's for sure, and he's still here and still hanging strong. He's he's in it. He's in it for the sun. He's in it for the sunblock, right? He's well, yeah. He's very pale. He's, he's Irish, pale, freckly. We have the same skin. skin. He's like you have the same skin. We have, the, have the same, same skin. skin. He's investing in this because he wants. You know, he's worried yeah. about his. So well, luckily, uh, so he. Uh, so I forgot to mention. So he. Well, so we, the two of us were sort of investing, you know, we were, you know, putting all our money into it. But then I remember this might have been like four years ago, I was approached by a private equity guy. And um, one of my close friends is a private equity. Uh, he's a partner at Goldman. And so I said to him, I'm like, help, what do I say? This guy wants to talk. He's like, oh, my God, I know him. I've done a couple of deals with him. Let's chat. So we chatted. And after I was telling him about my business, he's like, I'd like to invest. And I was like, really? Like, that wasn't the point of this conversation. Um, so anyhow, so I we did like we issued these convertible notes and then scott was like i want convertible notes i don't want to just be like the husband investor so the two of them were really my um source of funding for like the for uh, for from the you know four years ago and then 2019 i decided i really needed to make to raise like real money um not that they weren't giving me sure. real money but i needed you know more over a, i needed a, a, a million and a half dollars and so um I did a friends and family round um, and basically through friends that are all in private equity. And, and so I felt safe, you know, they, I, I just, I hate asking for money from friends, but these guys, they're investors professionally. Sure. Um, and, you know, and I was looking for, you know, minimums were like 50,000. So I was looking for a lot of money from people and, and um, everyone was on board. It was, it was luckily, I don't even know how this happened, but I raised right before we closed right before um, probably January 2020, and luckily right before COVID because we would have been in serious, serious trouble had we not raised that money. Right, absolutely. So it gave you that um, that cushion that you needed to to move your bricks and mortars sales into more yeah. the D to C. So yeah. that's so fortunate. Yeah. Um, and so, do you see yourself wanting to get back on store shelves, or do you feel that uh, D to C direct to consumer is really the the fu- the future for your company? Uh, well, it's a combination. Actually, they're back. Everyone's back, and everyone. You know, the the hard thing was, you know, when uh, I think this is one of the hardest thing about our my business is really managing our inventory. So, because we were um, rebranding and redoing our packaging, you know, part of the whole reason for the rebrand was just to refresh the look, number one, but and to have a more cohesive sort of brand story. But number two was, um, you know, I was switching 95% of my petroleum-based plastic packaging to uh, bioplastic. That's basically plastic made from like, you know, um, um, sugarcane plastic or ocean waste plastic or PCR, which is post-consumer recyclable plastic. 
Uh, so, you know, to do all of that was, you know, super um, capital intensive. Um, and why did but, you decide to do that, to make the switch from plastic to eco-friendly packaging? Because that has always been, for me, it's always been like being good to our bodies, number one, and then being good to our environment has always been like, those are the two tenets of, of our business, of my business. And, um, you know, for the last three years, for example, we have been um, operating at a net carbon zero footprint. Um, you know, so we offset, we calculate all of our, our carbon emissions from all of our operations, and then we offset them by investing in these carbon um, uh, projects mm-hmm. through CoolEffect.org. Um, so, you know, the next step was really trying to improve my packaging, and you know, going to bioplastic was is really the next step. And you know, very costly, very expensive, and again, you know, I'm, but I am a prestige brand, so. You know, for me, it's really about delivering the best, you know, even though, you know, unfortunately for my husband, it's not really. (laughs) And the best ain't cheap. Sorry, Scott. No, but I love that you switched the eco-friendly packaging. And because, you know, we all feel terrible about dumping plastic um, stuff into the trash. Not everything's recyclable. So the fact that you are using post-consumer plastic or or sugarcane packaging is is amazing. And I know that you're, um, historically, your your company is really focused on uh, reef-safe and ocean-safe ingredients. I would Mm -hmm. love it if you could just take a minute to let the, our listeners know, you know, what is mineral sunblock number one? And and we'll dive Mm -hmm. into your ingredients in a minute, but what is mineral sunblock for, for, for those of us that grew up on, you know, like copper tone? How is this different? Right. Right. So basically there are two types of sunscreens there's mineral and then there's chemical and basically mineral is made with um, titanium dioxide and zinc oxide so those are basically minerals from the earth Um, and um, the way they work is when you put them on the skin they sit on the surface of the skin they don't penetrate the skin and they reflect the rays sort of like a mirror Uh, whereas chemical sunscreens the way they work is they penetrate the skin and when the rays hit the skin they sort of absorb and then disperse the um, rays so that's how they protect Um, and so mineral really, to me is the safest, it's the most stable. Number one, you know, you have a lot of chemical sunscreens that really, which is so counterintuitive, but they break down in the sun if, depending on their combination. Um, the other thing is if you've got really scary chemicals, sunscreens like oxybenzone or octinoxate, which are, those are known hormone disruptors, you know, they enter the skin, they can stay in the blood for years and years and years. They can have effects on, um, hormones and all sorts of things. So really scary um, but some minerals really, you know, are the safest, the most effective, the most stable, uh, and they sit on top of the skin and they reflect rays. It so that's like how they work. It's a total no brainer. This is like, sign me up for all the minerals. Uh, well, <laughs> however, comes with a caveat that typically mineral sunscreens are super white and chalky and thick and nasty and spackle like. So that's where the challenge has been. And, you know, over the years, the, the technology has improved significantly. But, um, you know, up until recently, you know, there were, it was really difficult to create a beautiful mineral formula. And so how did, how were you able to do it? You obviously found yourself a good chemist because your stuff is very light. Yeah, it is light. And it, there's, there's also this concept of nanoparticles where the, what they do is they micronize these titanium gaps and the zinc particles to be tiny, tiny. Uh, where they can enter the skin. But so for for what we do, we never use nanoparticles, which um, can be potentially dangerous. Um, and it's just really, you know, finding the right chemist who is an expert at this. And like I said before, it's, it's like the, the number of labs in this country that do mineral sunscreen well, I want to say they're like maybe five. You know, it's impo- it, there's not a lot. I think 
yeah, people can make um, regular makeup for nothing without all the regulations, without all the testing. It's it's kind of a no-brainer. So I don't know why I chose this field, but um, it's it's been because you an love, interesting one because you love the sun. <laughs> so tell us about. I know you say that you uh, you market these as being reef safe, ocean safe. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of chemicals. Um, you've done these studies, and they've shown that oxybenzone and octinoxates and parabens um, create these viruses in the in corals, and leads to their bleaching, which leads to their eventual death. Um, and so, 10% apparently, 10% of the world's coral reefs are killed by sunscreen. So if you think about it, like you know, if you're in Hawaii, you're in the Caribbean, you're snorkeling, you're wearing your chemical sunscreen, you're there, you know, to enjoy the corals and to to see the fish and um but you know if you're using sunscreen with those chemicals it typically and the most popular is oxybenzone it's in used to be and now it's becoming less i mean because you, you see the state of hawaii who's banned oxybenzone and octinoxate from their islands you know the keys are starting to ban caribbean certain islands are starting to ban these chemicals um so they used to be it used to be the most popular chemical sunscreen uh, found in the majority of sunscreens um, so now we've never included those chemicals in our products. So we have always been reef safe from the beginning. Um, and, you know, actually we just partnered with the Golden Eye Foundation out of Jamaica. Um, they've got this whole coral reforestation program where their goal is to plant 100,000 corals in the next 10 years. Um, and so we're donating a portion of our proceeds to, um, to their um, reforestation efforts. I love that. I love I love Jamaica and I love that you're doing that. That sounds so amazing. So tell our listeners a little bit about your products. You said you started with five SKUs, five pro- products. Mm-hmm. What are you up to now? Well, so, you know, um, basically everything we do revolves around the sun. And I think that's where I found, um, you know, where we could differentiate. Because if you think about it, there's like a million makeup skincare brands on the market. Um, but I just found that, you know, there was this really, this this opportunity where, there wasn't beautiful formulations in sun care. They, they didn't have like great ingredients. And the other thing is they're just pure play sunscreen. Um, so for me, my goal is really to um, not just create sunscreens, but really to produce a new category of multitasking products. So these products bridge the gap between like luxury skincare and sun care. Um, so in all of our products, we couple amazing, really safe sunscreen actives with potent antioxidants, anti-aging ingredients, and actives. Um, because basically, at the end of the day, my goal is really to make products that people want to use every day, sure. not just when they're at the beach and not just during the summer. Um, so, you know, if you think about it also, you know, 80% or more of premature aging is caused by the sun. Um, so if you're not wearing sunscreen every day, it's sort of like, why? Like, you know... Botox be- and all of that stuff. Everyone's so obsessed with looking younger. If you're not wearing sunscreen, then it's really for naught. Right. It's, that's like um, that's like ground zero. That's table stakes. Right. You, you gotta right. you gotta put that sunscreen on every single day. So right. um, so how many products do you have now? And have you have you evolved? It sounds like you you've got a hybrid of sun care sun care skin care. What does that look like? So, yeah. So um, it's really combination sun and skin. So basically, skin. you know, we have a face product. Most again, most of our SKUs are SPF, but um, for example, something that is more of a daily use product, it's, we have an eye cream with an SPF. It's called our Eye Glow. Um, it's got this mica, so it's got sort of a, like a like a illuminating. It has like a little bit of um, like a glow to it. We so love it basically glowing. illuminates the eye area. We love it's glowing. It's 15. Um, and it also has a ton of anti-aging ingredients, like a bunch of different peptides and 
resveratrol, stem cells. I mean, it's just power packed. So it, it, I would say, you know, our products are really combination sun and skin. So if I have a face product, for example, my, our face SPF 50, again, loaded with different peptides and great anti-aging ingredients. So they're really, it's a moisturizer, it's an SPF, it's an anti-ager. Um, and then my goal is, you know, our next release will be, you know, tinted moisturizers, which will, you know, double as kind of makeup or foundation, plus the SPF, plus the anti-aging. Um, you know, and then we have, I mean, I would say for the most part at this point, um, most of our products are really more kind of traditional SPFs, except for the eye. But then we also have an, a lip product with an SPF. I just ordered with. that. I just got the one that was like, it, it was sort of glittery and pink and it looked uh, amazing. It's sunblock for oh. your lips, right? Pardon me? It's sunblock right. for your lips, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. So it's mineral sunblock for the lips, which are super important because the lips are really delicate and um, same thing with the eye, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. those are areas that, you know, we create products that are really unique. You don't see many mineral-based lip products, you know, so the next thing might be, or well, we're looking at lipsticks with an SPF, um, like I said, tinted sort of foundations, BBCC creams that are great, but also, you know, have, have incredible antioxidant ingredients as well. Lovely. And I also noticed you have uh, after sun care products too. So after mm -hmm. you've been in the sun, you have some sprays and some treatments and you have mm -hmm. things to manage like that are sort of aloe-based. Am I right? Yep. So it, it's funny because our, the resorts that we sell at, one of our best sellers are aloe because typically guests who go to resorts think they want to go and get tan and then they burn because they don't wear sunscreen properly. So we sell a ton of aloe and that's basically, you know, to sort of help relieve sunburn and stress skin um we also do a um it's a cocoa floor it's um this coconut organic coconut and rose water um hydrating mist so mm. if you think about you know the evian sprays that are sure. just pure water yeah um so this is really just sort of a like a souped up version of that where it's not just plain water it is coconut water rose water plus you know um, again uh, other amazing um anti-aging products uh, ingredients that sounds um, absolutely divine. My daughter, Grace, by the way, has this rose water spray that she sprays on herself. And every time she does, it cracks me up. I'm like, you're 20. <laughs> Your skin is already soft and dewy. You do not need that rose water spray. Hand that over to me. <laughs> but that is our motto is really protect the skin you were born with. So she's very smart. She is smart. And by the way, oh my gosh, she's got an internship this summer where she's out on a boat doing um, dive, dive work and researching for... Um, a university based out in Southampton. And she texted me the picture of her the other day. She was wearing a, you know, a shoulder to wrist rash guard and a big, big floppy, you know, wide brimmed hat. And she said, mom, you'd be so proud. And I said, yep. I am. I love the fact that you're taking care of your skin because it is mm -hmm. so important to get on that early and train yourself. And you know, I learned the hard way because I'm, you know, I've got a gazillion freckles. <laughs> well, you know, and then wrinkle the whole thing. It's like, you know, you think about it, you invest in your skin now, you can save up, you can buy like a car, you can buy a condo with the money that you save by wearing sunscreen and not paying for Botox. That's you know? so true. So true. <laughs> so yeah. do you feel like the, so, your, your own sun uh, care and skin philosophy has changed as you've gotten older or were you always good about taking care of your skin? Um, no, never. I mean, do you remember when we were in high school, we used to sit outside the building um, at Sacred Heart with those reflectors to try to <laughs> get tan? And by the way, I was already tan. So, I mean, wh why did I need that? 
I didn't, but it was a thing to do, right? We all wanted, no one wore sunscreen. My parents never made me use sunscreen. It just wasn't a thing, right? And um, Yeah, all of us children so, of the 70s and 80s, every single person listening to this right now remembers those copper tone ads, remember those yeah. crazy silver reflectors. And, you know, I mean, I, I honestly like peeled a lot of, um, you know, fried skin off my nose when I was at the beach <laughs> when I was younger. So that, that's why. I, but by the way, I kind of worked it out by the time I was 25. I like literally am always in the muumuu at the beach I'm with the big crazy hat and, you know, wrapped up and stuff because, you know, eventually we catch on. Yep. Yep. But what, yeah. So to answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my skincare routines have changed. And do you, you feel know, that then, you're good about like sharing that with your daughter? Um, you know, oh, I try. She she is a fifteen year old now, and does everything to spite me. So basically, she will not wear. I'm at a lacrosse tournament with her now, and she came home fried, <laughs> and because she refuses to wear sunscreen, she only wants the chemical, which you know we do have chemical, but then she doesn't reapply, and so she's fried. And um, I try. Oh, and I think she does it because I have a sunscreen company. Company. So. Yeah, teen girls are hard. She'll get. She'll get. She'll get. <laughs> Ridiculous. She'll Ridiculous. get there someday. But the, 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 your products are amazing because they smell divine, and like I said, the packaging is gorgeous. Is is there a product um, that you always have in your beach bag? I always have my lip masks. Um, not only because I lose them all the time, but um, but I love them. They're super hydrating. They come in six shades. They've got the SPF fifteen. Um, and I just, um, I, I never, I never have, uh, a bag without them. Gotcha. And um, so what else is besides your own products? What else is in your beach bag? What else do we need to, to have to protect ourselves from the sun? Well, I mean, I always have a hat. Oh, so I have, you know, this is probably a result of my not wearing sunscreen in the past, but I have terrible melasma, but that's also caused by hormones. So it's basically hyperpigmentation caused by hormones and just being old, I guess. And, um, you know, so I always have a hat. I just, the other, I would say my other hero product, I don't wear really like a lot of stuff on my face, but um, Aquaphor is a godsend for everything. Like for my, me and my entire family, like Aquaphor, I'm never without that. I love Aquaphor. I can, I can echo that. I use it on my lips. I use it on my cuticles. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to yep. use it on my baby's bottoms a million years ago. Those are amazing products. So lip products, a big hat. I'm with you on that one, Aquaphor. This sounds like a very well-stocked beach bag. <laughs> Val, how can yeah. our listeners keep following you, find your products, and, and, and learn more about Soleil Toujours? Um, we are, I guess, through our website, you know, we, um, the website is www. I don't even know if you need to say that these days, but it's soleiltoujours.com, <laughs> which is really long, complicated spelling. But otherwise, on Instagram, I think it's at Soleil underscore toujours. Um, and then signing up for our newsletter on our website. Fantastic. I'm putting Soleil Toujours and, and your Instagram handle into our show notes so everybody can find it. Val, thank you so much for being with me today. Who would have thought so many years ago, sitting in the senior lounge, that we'd be hanging out on a podcast talking about your sun care company. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. So fun. So fun. And I'm so proud of you. This po the podcast is amazing. Thank you. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. If you enjoyed this week's show, please stop what you are doing and take a minute to click clack over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the pod to rate and review the show. Reviews really matter. I would love yours. Join me next week when I'm joined by veteran investor Tracy Chadwell, who is working to close the gender investing gap and 
who was just named to the first ever Forbes Women 50 Over 50 list. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties.